and welcome once again to the final um, Fleet Die Hard podcast uh, of the uh, 2022-2023 season. A podcast for all things on and off the pitch, an independent view from me of what's going on at my favourite club, Epsfleet United FC. So, yeah, it's Wednesday the 3rd of May, 2023. The season's finished. It's all behind us now. It's all over. Um, I guess there'll be a few people nursing hangovers because here we are. Um, a, a great season, a very memorable season. And um, in the National League South, which we've been trying to get out of after being unfairly dumped in there a couple of seasons ago, by 0.002, I think it was, of a point during the COVID-enforced lockdown um, by by the rules that um, that were put in place, which determined that uh, we, we were at that point of the season in the relegation zone and uh, the, the formula they used meant that they, they believed or it showed that we were likely to end up as um relegation favorites so we went down and we've been struggling to get out of that league for a couple of seasons and uh of course we've we've got uh Dennis Kutrieb in uh a german manager who came in who Damien and co brought in to to try and turn things around for us turn our fortunes around after um we we got rid of uh, Watson and I'm not going to lie, it's not always been pretty. It's, it's been frustrating, as you, you know, anyone who listens to my podcast regularly will know, that uh, there's been times when I could have, you know, it's been like pulling teeth, really. It's, you, and I'm sure all footballers do this, football fans do this and supporters we moan about the same thing week in, week out, season in, season out, year in, year out. And uh, that probably won't change going forward for as long as football goes on. So uh, I make no apologies for that. And I stand by uh, the views that I sometimes put on, on here. Sometimes I get criticised for them from some people. Sometimes, more often than not, I get praised by them um, from uh, fr- from people, which is, you know... Your choice. That's entirely up to you. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't take nothing from that. I'll just, uh, I just. I do this because I like to just give offer my views. And if you want to listen, listen. And if you don't, then don't. But anyway, so <clears throat> last season, as it now is, the twenty twenty two twenty three season, you will have had, if you're any kind of non league football supporter, you will have had to have been somewhere in the darkest bowels of Indonesia with your head stuck down a sewer pipe listening and headphones on listening to um, Wang Chang Yu uh, singing or reading the Gospels of uh, Hu Flung Dung for the last uh, few weeks. Not to have known that uh, we finally grabbed our place back up 
into the National League, just one league below the Football League. We're back within touching distance of where we want to be. And um, it's been a great season. We, But not only did we, we didn't just grape this league, by the way, folks, as you know. We finished top. We won the league by 20 points. Now, just think about that for a minute. We lost seven games still. And we still won the league by 20 points. That means we could have lost another six games and still won the league. Uh, But as it was, you know, seven losses... Uh, to, um, seven losses, winning it by 20 points. Uh, we won it on Good Friday against Oxford City. We clinched it. So um, I think we still had five games to go, four or five games still to go, which didn't really matter whether we won or lost in the end. Um, and in the end, we did lose a couple of them. Uh, but, you know... You would look at that, you would think we've absolutely walked the league. And when you look at our record, which I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk about in a minute, you're going to say, wow, no, that was some performance. But let me tell you, it weren't, it weren't all plain sailing. It, it, there were those moments in the league, particularly mid-season over Christmas, as we will certainly talk about, when we didn't look that dominant. But I'll come to that. So we finished the top. And as I said, 20 points. Is that, is that an indication? I'm going to ask you this. I'd like your feedback to me, comments. If you see me down the ground, come and tell me what you think. Put it on Twitter. Answer this question. We won the league by 20 points. Is that how good we were? Or is that how poor that the competition was in that league. Now, I ask that because it's very easy now when you look at that gap to say, well, that pretty much tells you it's probably a little bit of both. But I'm not so sure, you know. It was only the last few weeks that teams that were pushing us fell away. As you'll know, having a Waterlooville they uh, they pushed us for the majority of the season. They were within a couple of points. You know, we went on this fantastic run at the beginning of the season, which by any other season we would have been leading at halfway, at the halfway point, we would have been le- leading by 10 or 12 points. And they were just a couple of points behind us. So they were doing exactly what we were doing. Um, they fell away. Dartford then stepped up to the plate. And uh, were you know they were they were close to us, but eventually fell away. Um, towards the end of the season, their their form was really really poor, uh, and and we kept we kept going, and that and that was the difference. But I asked that question then. So is that how good we were as a team? How well organised we were, how great football we played, how strong we were. Or is that just a, a, a shows that we were that good because the competition actually wasn't that great? 
in that league. I have to say, some of the teams, not many, but some of the teams that I, that I saw on my travels on the away games and the, and the home games that I got to, some of the teams were pretty poor. Some of the teams played great football. I thought Oxford played great football. Um, <coughs> you know, there there was there was some. It was a mixture. But this is how good we were. We scored 103 points. We equaled the club record. We scored 110 goals. A new club record. This season in the league, we had 32 wins. A new club record. That's something to shout about, isn't it? In one season, you've smashed two club records and equaled one. You know, ones that have stood for for some time. I think the 103 points equaled the club record. I think that I think that had stood since the... I might be wrong. Someone correct me. I think that had stood since the 70s. But I'm, I'm probably wrong. So I'm sure someone will tell me. And individually, our top scorer, Dominic Polion. What a revelation he's been this season, particularly in the second half, as we know. Um, 36 league goals in 43 games. With a strike rate of 0.87 goals per 90 minutes or a goal every 103 minutes. He was also voted, funnily enough, surprisingly enough, he was voted as Supporters Player of the Year and the Players Player of the Year. And he got goal of the season. For those of you that can remember it or was watching it on BT Sport or for those of you that were there, he did his CV a world of good with a fantastic strike um, against Slough Town. Um, I'm sure his stock value would have gone up then. There's an argument that this is his level, um, and maybe maybe National League will be his level. Um, he's never scored that amount of goals before. I'm not taking anything away from a, a, a fantastic achievement, but he's never scored that many goals before in a season. Um, I think it's this level absolutely suited him. And you know what? I think he could have had a lot, more goals than he did. A lot more goals. Even though, even though he scored 36 goals, I think he missed more than he scored. I think it took him two or three chances to get a goal. Imagine if he had been putting them away as well. Can you imagine that? So, but well done, Dom. Totally, uh, totally deserved uh, player of the year, I, in my opinion. Mm. It, it, it's. It, I mean, you, if you are you giving it to him because of the goals? I'm not sure. Uh, possibly there, there may have been other runners for that in terms of their performance and the effort that they put in. Um, but you know, can't argue. He's supported, but it was voted by the majority of the supporters or those that voted, and and by the um, by the players. So that that tells you something. And and of course, the players will see things on the pitch and, and feel his contribution differently to it we do as you know pitch side supporters 
Um, actually, so at the end of the season, we had um, a couple of a few nights ago. Now they had a uh, an awards night. I didn't go. I was working, but they had they had an awards night, end of season awards night, and uh, there was lots of medals. I saw a video of it, and I've seen the. Uh, there were lots and lots of medals handed out at the end of the season awards night. Everything from um, the the Player of the Year awards, but, uh, but there was everything from top trainers, most training sessions, best coach, backroom staff. Uh, a lot, you know, there seemed to be medals for everybody. The only uh, and arguably the most deserving medal, which was never awarded, and I think they, sh- you know, sh- we should get something, is. Uh, to the supporters, to all of us supporters and you supporters for your unwavering, mostly, in brackets, I'm saying, because we have moments where our faith is tested, don't we? But our unwavering, loyal support of our team and club, and in particular those that go home and away and they spend their hard-earned travelling away. And next season, if this, if the same... Now, if the last time we were in the National League, if that's anything to go by, we took a strong, strong contingent of away to away games. Um, and I'm hoping that we do that again uh, this coming season because it will be great, great atmosphere. You'll get to see some great stadiums, go to some great clubs... Some old football league clubs. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend it. However, there's a price to pay. The travel is not cheap when you're doing all around the country and you total it up over a year. And for those that, that don't have understanding wives and families, it can put a bit of a strain I would imagine, on uh, on your relationship. Um, so just, you know, bear that in mind. But it's, you know, I recommend it. I try and get to every game that I possibly can. Um, I do, uh, my wife does have a little moan at me sometimes. I, she sort of says it tongue-in-cheek tongue that I don't get many weekends off. And the weekends I do get off, I'm always at the football. <coughs> and uh, I said, I oh, know, I'm sorry. I wish I could get more weekends off. So I could get to more matches. But anyway, uh, yeah, as I say, I personally believe that the fans should uh, should be recognised. And I'm sure they are appreciated by Damien. He certainly bangs on about it quite a lot, doesn't he? He certainly um, mentions how, you know, how important the fans are to this club and to any club. Um, so perhaps... They should have put something online that one final medal is shared between all of the fleet fans as a thank you for the, being the best supporters in the National League South. And we will be the best supporters in the National League going forward. So let's take a, let's take a look at last season. It's not going. I'm not going to go into detail over every game because it's just you will be here all night, and you know I'm sure you're not. You don't really want that anyway. 
But just an overall, an overview of the season. We went from total dominance to capitulation to total dominance again. Um, I say that, total dominance, including pre-season friendlies, from losing to West Ham's under-23s in a pre-season friendly, we then went on to go 24 games, including the friendlies, unbeaten. Until we lost to Tunbridge Angels, and that was at home on November the twelfth. So from when the from from before the season started in the in the in the preseason friendlies, which would have been in you know in early August, late July, yeah, we didn't lose a game until November the twelfth. That's how strong we were, actually. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody expected that. And even at that point, I was still moaning, saying that we don't get enough shots off on goal. We mess around too much at the back. But there we were. And then the fleet's form and the dominance took a battering. The capitulation, or what seemed to be capitulation, came. The dominance took a battering, the confidence took a battering. When we could only pick up points at Slough Town and Worthing in the following eight games from the loss to Tunbridge. We lost to Eastbourne Borough in the FA Trophy. We lost to Fleetwood Town in the FA Cup. We lost to Eastbourne Borough again in the league. We lost to Chesson. And then, of course, the final two in that string of defeats couldn't have come at a worse time, couldn't have come against a worse team. Our bitterest and nearest rivals, Dartford. They scored eight goals in two games against us, beating us home and away. Oh, my God. As a, as a football fan, you, any football fan in the world will understand how that would have felt. If you're a Manchester United fan, to lose like that to Liverpool would have felt the same. If you're a, a Chelsea fan... To lose like that to Arsenal or Tottenham would have felt the same. If you're a Villa fan, to lose like that to Birmingham City would have felt the same. Uh, it wasn't a nice feeling. Suddenly you realise, wow, Is it what? Why? Why we've been humiliated? We've been totally, totally humbled by this actually not very good football team. Why they? I mean, they played basic football. They got a big lumpy centre back, big, tall, solid centre back. They play route one, 
centre, uh, yeah, centre forward, shall I say, sorry. They play route one. They try and settle the ball to this, to this guy. And, well, this is the thing, right? So we lost the first game for, I don't know if it was 4-1 or 4-0. Um, and then on the away fixture... After everybody's been moaning, me in particular on my podcasts has been moaning all season. And one of the things that, if you go, if you have a look back at yourselves, have a look back at the forum, have a look back on the Facebook posts. <coughs> one of the things that we've constantly gone on about is that when things do start to go wrong, we don't have a plan B. When teams. I'm not going to repeat all this. When teams come at us, when they get physical, we don't change. We just carry on playing. We didn't have a plan B. So Dennis decides on the second Dartford leg, well, we will have a plan B. We're going to change tactics. We're going to play route one football. We're going to play down the wing, cross it in or... And... I've got to be honest, you won't hear me calling for, for, for plan B again. Well, you probably will. Um, but but that didn't work. It was probably the worst time to, to do it, you know. Um, it, it, I, I don't think it was something that had been worked on very much at the training ground. So to try and do it for 90 minutes... Came as a bit of a shock, and of course we lost, conceded another four goals. So they put eight goals past us in two games, and um, that doesn't stop me thinking we need a plan B. And I'll I'll come on to that a little bit further on in this in this podcast. Uh, but uh, that I just think it was, it was the wrong game to do it in, and it wasn't right to want to do it for ninety minutes. So over the course of those games, not just the Darfur games, but the games before, the losses to Eastbourne, um, Chesson, uh, Tunbridge Angels, our confidence would have took a huge battering. I'm sure Dennis probably looked at himself and thought, what am I, you know, what am I doing wrong here? What am I doing wrong? And we could... As a club, as a as a team, the team, they could have folded. They could have took such their confidence could have took such a knock, such a battering that they just fell away. But in fact, do you know what? I think these two losses to Dartford, the humiliation of these two losses to Dartford, rather than rather than cause a lack of confidence. I actually believe it was a shot in the arm. It was adrenaline. It gave the team the drive and the will that we needed. And I think it made the players all look at themselves and realise that actually we're not as good as we thought we were. We do have... We can't get complacent here. We do have to work at these games... And if we want to be champions, 
We've got to be top of our game every game. Christmas is over. New Year's come and gone. It's back to work, folks. What did we do? We started dominance again. We went on our second magnificent run of the season. Eight straight wins, including a Kent Senior Cup game and a total of 16 games without defeat in all competitions before we eventually lost to Welling in the Kent Senior Cup. We then won the next four league games, culminating in us seeding the title on uh, Good Friday with the win over Oxford City. The rest of the games after that don't matter. We didn't win them all, we lost a couple. So what? Doesn't matter. We'd won the league. It was only Easter. We'd won the league. We were back. We're going up. We're back in the national, we're going up to the national league. We could now push on. Do you know what? You look at that season, you look at, look at the way, what we achieved. I've, I've questioned Dennis's tactics over the last season. Still do. Probably still will. I've moaned about our lack of shooting. Still do. Probably still will. Definitely still will, I think. I've moaned about our shaky defence. Still do and probably still will. And I've moaned about us not having a plan B. Well, I still do. And I probably still will. Because you're going to need a plan B. But the truth is... When you look at how we finished, the records we broke, the goals we scored, my moaning gets blown away. Could we have done better? I believe so. I believe that despite how good it was, as I said about Don Polion, as, as despite how good it was, we actually could have done better than we did. We could have had the season wrapped up earlier, probably scored more goals and probably conceded less. But what's done is done. I'm not moaning, I'm just saying, don't rest on your laurels, guys. We could still do better. We went to some lovely away grounds. For those of you that travelled, you'll know. Um... And some awful away grounds. There are some pretty poor grounds when you get down to National League South and I'm sure North. But you know what? That's what makes it so much fun, isn't it? If you're a supporter at this level, you get to experience football and football clubs at their purest form. Basic, some of them, um, but all of them trying their best. 
except maybe for Dulwich, who need to sort out their supporters. But that's another story. Um, I've met some great people every season. You meet some you meet some new people, the new supporters that are coming to the ground, that are coming to away matches, or you see you start talking to somebody you haven't spoken to before on the coach, and next thing you know, you're buying them a pint at the bar, or they're buying you one, and you're having a laugh, and and you're all friends, and that's the beauty of football again, isn't it? It's football family. All of that, all of that, all of that, all of those memories of last season great but I'm glad we're out of it I'm glad we're out of the National League South because I don't want to sound snobbish we're better than that but Ebsfleet United we're Ebsfleet United and we are better than that I'm telling you I've been saying it since I was six years old we're better than that yeah here we are same level ish with another chance to go again to get within touching distance and maybe into the promised land of the Football League just for once, just for one season, and I will die a happy man. But we're not there yet. The journey starts now. Of course, they had the bus tour Sunday. Um, So they had a bit of a family day. So after the game on the final game on Saturday... Oh, and by the way, what a way to finish the season. If you want to finish on a high and with total dominance, get a team that's capewalked the league and put them against a team that's been relegated in the bottom of the league and put them on him at home and uh, watch what happens. Well, I'll tell you what happens. The home team win 5-0, that's what happens. And they put on a display worthy of uh, a title-winning team. It was a great, great day, great atmosphere down there. Uh, I didn't go the next day, so they had this family day at uh, at the club um, <clears throat> where you could get your photograph taken with the trophy and the players and, and all that kind of stuff. And then there was a bus tour, open-top bus tour into town through Gravesend, um, I believe. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't go to that. I saw some of the clips and pictures on... Um, on Facebook and Twitter and that. I've got thoughts on this, you know. Winning the National League South, I know it's only the second time, is it, or the third time? I, I I know it's an achievement. Is it an open top bus worthy achievement? For me, no, it wasn't because the work's only half done. As far, that's maybe me <coughs> being picky. I, I actually didn't agree with it. I found it a little bit cheesy. If we win, if we ever win the National League and get promoted for the first time in our history into the Football League, League Two, or whatever it may be called then, then absolutely Yes then you have an open-top bus parade. And there'll be more than a handful of people in town to watch that, let me tell you. Because that is the end of the story of that chapter. Whereas where we are at the moment, we're midway through, I don't know, we're 
the work's half done, isn't it? We've only got... We've got ourselves onto the rung to get ourselves into where we want to be, to the promised land, but we're not there yet. So, yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about the... Uh, about the... Um, the the bus the bus tour um what else have i got to talk to you about um uh, what i wanted to talk to you about uh, next season what about next season i've got two questions i want to ask one actually somebody put on uh, one of the social medias and i said but funny enough i'm going to talk about that of the podcast is the style that we play, the playing out from the back, the short, sharp, incisive passing football, the if the Man City style football, if you like, want to call it that. Somebody asked, would our style suit the National League? I'd, I'd be interested to know what you guys think. Answers on a postcard, please. Or on Twitter, Facebook, call me, WhatsApp me, message me, or wherever you get your podcasts from. On some of the platforms, you can actually leave uh, leave reviews or messages on, on the podcast, which then notify me, apparently. I've never had one yet. Uh, but anyway, yeah, will our style suit the National League? What do I think? Um, well... I wouldn't question it, actually, because I'm, I'll be more confident going into the National League with the style that we play and are insistent on playing than I am playing at the National League South. Because the deeper down the, the, the ladder you go, the more basic the football becomes. And the higher the ladder you go, the more intricate and stylish the football becomes. And we, no doubt about it, play a very intricate and stylish game of football when we're allowed to win, other teams don't come at us with their basic football, their basic physical football. So I think, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, I think we'll be more suited. I actually think there'll be more teams play that way as well, which is great for us because it gives us a more open flowing style of football. And providing we are good enough at it, yes, we're good enough at it at National League South, as we've proven, um, but let's not underestimate the big step up in class that there is going from South to the National League, by the way. Um, I hope Dennis doesn't underestimate that. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll be more suited. I think we'll be very comfortable with it. Uh, but I do also believe that we will need that second option, not... Not going into games saying we're going to play ninety minutes, or, you know, doing route one or, or wing play, I th- but I think we will need more so than we have this season. We will need a second option in our bag because there will be teams that will frustrate us, that will be more professional and more um, experienced than us, that will know how to quell us and how to frustrate us. So we need to have another option. That's what I'm saying. And question number two, is this squad good enough? If you made no changes, 
Is this quad good enough to compete at the next level? I'm asking. What do you think? What do I think? I think... I think we have players within our squad that are good enough to play and compete at the next level. I don't think all of the players are good enough to compete at the next level. And it wouldn't be fair of me to call players out right now. I'm sure there will be a lot of us that will have some of the same players in mind of ones that we would probably not renew contracts or we would, you know, look at look at losing. But what I would say is we definitely need to shore up the squad. We definitely need, I would say we probably need five or six new players into the team that have played at this higher level and are comfortable playing still at this high level. It's not just about playing it, by the way. It's about the mindset. It's about the journey. Um, you know, it's a big step. And you need wise heads on wise shoulders. Uh, I definitely think we, we, need, we need to strengthen in uh, at the front. I think Dom, Polion and Bingham are great, but we'll find it a lot harder next season. And and I think we need to, to find maybe another prolific uh, physical striker at the front. And certainly we need more physicality at the back. Um, I, I thought... Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we need we need some uh, some big, lumpy, um, tall, muscular midfielders, central midfielders. That's what I think about next season. Uh, I just want to have a look at the. Um, I want to have a look at the women's side. Let's. I, I don't often talk about the women, but we're coming towards the end of this this podcast. I don't want to drag it on too long. Um, I don't want to go without saying that uh, not only have the first men's team had phenomenal success this season, let's just say a little... And I know a few of you out there go to watch the women. I've been a couple of times, but uh, I've, I'm not a regular. She'd kill me, my wife, if I started saying I'm going to watch the women as well. I think I'd have to get a tent and live in the garden. Um, yeah, so the women's... <clears throat> I'm going to name some names here. Uh, Amy Russ, has, she won the Supporters Player of the Year Award. Uh, Dan Colton won the Players Player of the Year. And a 16-year-old Amelia Woodgate won the Young Player of the Year. And goalkeeper Courtney Roberts won the, uh, the uh, Manager's Player of the Year. So well done to those four. Uh, that that's that's phenomenal. Coincidentally, the fleet are currently top of the table with two games to go. They're seven points ahead of uh, second place Worthing, but Worthing ha- have three games in hand. They've got five games to go. 
So as it stands, Fleet need to win both final matches and hope that Worthing lose at least one of their final games. Um, so it's uh, it's looking like we could have a double championship winning winning teams, men's and women's. And that, for me, shows you the direction that this club is heading in, doesn't it? Yeah? Now, here's the thing. We don't get uh, too many... um, Um, I was talking about the women's football. I'm sorry, I just lost track where I was. I think the final women's game is on Sun is against Dartford at home. So if anybody wants to get down there and uh, likes a taste of the atmosphere, I'm sure it will be just as spicy as the men's game. And it's a little chance for the fleet to recoup some much needed. Pride, and what better way to do it than to uh, than to get a win against them, which secures a possibly secures a championship winning team. Um, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, what else have I got? Just trying to think. Okay, so what else was good? And memorable about last season. Just a few little things here. This is just a final roundup. This is the beauty of being a football supporter. Things we did that other teams couldn't. We managed to get every home game on. Despite some awful weather. And that was a great achievement from the club. And in particular, again, from those loyal supporters. Well done, guys. Those of you that went down there with your spades and your shovels and your whatever it was you used to clear snow and uh, cover, take covers up or, or, or lay them down or whatever it was you did. Um, that, that shows the level of your love for the club and it's something should be applauded and you should have got a medal for. Uh, the weekend away to Taunton, by the way. Uh, hats off to the Fleet Trust and thank you for, to, the, for, to the Fleet Trust for... Um, Organising that, we've been doing it now for three or four years. Uh, always a great weekend away. Top weekend, lots of banter, drinking, eating, all sorts. And uh, even a game of football broke out, actually, uh, where we won 1-0 against Taunton. So that, that was that, uh, another fantastic memory that goes in the memory bank. Down at the club, there's a new bar... They put in at the Swanscombe end um, on the side of the old stand on the corner. What used to be the old, was it the old ballroom or, or and then latterly it was, it was the, they used to use it for the, um, like the players' wives and all that, you know, the wags and all that used to, used to go in there. Um, but now it's been sort of done out. It's got a lovely collage on the wall of uh, old fleet photographs and whatever you a little bar, they sell another local brew, uh, Iron Pier. I'm not a, I'm not a, 
craft beer or fan myself. And they have Hofmeister on pump, or they should have, but every time I've gone in there, they haven't had the Hofmeister. They also have bottles, I think. They've got a little fridge there. But <coughs> definitely worth it. It's nice in there. Uh, and they've increased even further the food selection down at the club. You can now get a beef in a roll with onion gravy on a stand they had at the Swans Command at the end of the new stand. It's got a raised mezzanine there with some tables and you can stand there and have some hot food if you want it. And it tastes good. I've had one. Yep, it tastes brilliant. And I wanted to talk about one other thing, which is a new thing for this season, which they've started doing, which is, for those of you that have YouTube, you may have seen this. It's a thing, it's called Behind the Scenes. It's, um, it's as I say, it's on YouTube. And it's really good. It's it's like a a snapshot of of the club, of uh, how else can I put it? You you get to see uh, an insight into the club and the characters of the players, you, and the staff. You get to see a little bit of training. You get to see. You don't. I haven't seen any with the pre match talk from Dennis yet uh, but you do you do get to see things you wouldn't normally see and it just gives you a more intimate feel about the club which is really really good I'm hoping they keep it going I'm hoping they develop it because that's actually uh, something else for everybody to look at and have a little uh, comment on on the forum isn't it you know they do like to comment on the forum about everything that the club does whether it's good or bad and there's always the same people there that uh, that uh, like to put their two pen in, and that's and why not? That's what the forum is for. And finally, folks, just to, I, I I took this from the website on Wednesday night, May the third. You've got um, for those of you that think the season is fully over, but you still want to get your fix of the fleet, by the way, and get your fix of uh, Stonebridge Road. You can, and your fix of football. There are still some options. So on Wednesday night, 3rd of May, you've got um, a team called Grassroots YouTube. Oh, I've never heard of, but apparently they're a TikTok sens- sensation. So there you go. Um, they're called Grassroots YouTube. Are playing... No, hang on. Grass. Oh, no, I'm reading this wrong. I apologise. Grassroots YouTube and TikTok sensations who are called Under the Radar. Again, I've never heard of them. So Under the Radar take on SE Dons. Now, I'm assuming SE Dons is Southeast Dons. I'm assuming there's going to be some form of a Wimbledon team. Um, In the Sunday Football League London top of the table clash. And that kickoff for that one, guys, is at 7.30pm. And do you know the lovely part of this? You don't even have to put your hand in your pocket because entry is completely free. And on Friday evening, May the 5th, it's the turn of Stone Lodge and Hertzmere Schools to tread the turf of the Cuffling Stadium as the final of the North Kent Cup, uh, which is year nine, takes place. The, uh, The bar... And the kiosk will all be open from 4pm. 
it's a 5pm kickoff. So, if you'd like to catch a live match, as well as enjoy a pint or two and some food, head down for some excellent junior football action. Um, oh, here, here we go. And you don't get too many North Kent derbies in May, but this Sunday the Fleet women could take another big stride towards the London and South East Regional League title and promotion as they host Dartford. Kickoff is at 2pm and entry is £5. And if you're a season ticket holder, there's a discount on that, by the way. Um, and it, This is Sam McNeil's size penultimate match, but final home game of the season. And they lead rivals Worthing by seven points, although the Rebels have three games in hand, which is what I was saying earlier. The Fleet have a much superior goal difference, however, and a win this Sunday would put the pressure back on Worthing to win all of their remaining games through to the end of May. So that's pretty much it. So um, my final thought, my final roundup before I disappear into the echelons of all good podcasters and close my microphone for good, or well, for at least a good few weeks until the, uh, until the season starts again, I will just say this. It's been a fantastic season. It's been, it's had its ups, it's had its downs. It's made me angry. It's made me extremely happy. It's, it's, um, it's given me immense joy. I've met some great people. I've enjoyed the banter, the travel, the beer, the photographs. I look at our club as it stands right now. I look at what Dennis, uh, Damien and Dennis and all of the backroom staff and the management teams have achieved over the last couple of years, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And I've been critical of them. But for me... I don't think I felt this confident about the future of our club, providing we still have the finances going in, because at this moment in time we need it still. But in terms of the way the club is run, um, I think it's fantastic right now. I, I can't, I can't fault it. And on that note, I, you know. I'd like to extend a thank you to Damien Irvine for, for, for almost dragging the club from its um, scruff of its neck back into uh, respectability and uh, uh, making it once again, I hope and I believe, a club that pe- other players want to come to and a club that families with their children want to come to and a club that away supporters want to come to and when they do come to us walk away and say I liked it there nice club one of the good clubs enjoyed that and you know I see what's going on off the pitch I have, I have a brief insight into it and, uh, and I just think I just think it's doing well I think we are going places and if we ever do reach reach the promised land of the football league as a club Set up, I think we're already ready. 
and nothing could be higher praise than that. So there you go, everyone. Um, enjoy your summer break of football. Enjoy your holidays or wherever it is you're going to all be going or whatever you're doing over the next few weeks. Um, I'm sure we'll speak either online or on the forum. I don't really speak on the forum, to be honest. Uh, I put the odd comment on. Um, but whatever, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, until we meet again, um, do me a favour, please, by the way. Please uh, subscribe or follow me or thumbs up it or, I don't know, um, share it amongst your... F- <coughs> recommend me to your friends. And do... do come, if there are people that listen to this that I don't even know, and there are, do what... Come and find me and say hello and uh, let me know whether you like the podcast. A couple of people come up to me at the last home game who I'd never spoke to before and said they enjoyed listening to the podcasts. Uh, and it was, it was great to meet him. So thank you very much for that, everybody. Have a fantastic summer. Don't get too sunburned. Don't have too much to drink. And uh, stay healthy, stay happy, and uh, up the fleet. Up the fleet.